Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of Twins Talk. I'm your host, Ben Jones, and I'm not joined once again by John Ka. John and I will be back together again next week after a little bit of a hiatus here, both of us having conflicting schedules, weeks on, weeks off. But uh, we'll be back to your regularly scheduled programming starting next week. Uh, So we'll do a little short pod for you today, doing our usual going over the week, talking about the big things, the small things, and everything in between. Uh, I'll keep it a little shorter this time. Last time, I just talked for like 40 minutes straight when I went solo, and we're going to keep it a little little briefer so you guys don't have to listen to me mumble the whole time. But uh, it'll be the same analysis you always love. And so again, please be sure to listen, to subscribe. Uh, If you don't like just me going solo, leave a review and let us know so that we can uh, make sure our schedules line up in the future. But uh, yeah, be sure to like the pod, subscribe to the pod wherever you get it, and leave us a review A review if you feel so inclined. We always appreciate those as well. Uh, so as we get started here, let's start with our weekly recap. So last week, the Twins went four and three. They lost two out of three uh, against Tampa Bay, and they won three out of four against the White Sox. Those series pretty much went exactly as I would expect them. Tampa Bay, I, there were a lot of things to like in that series overall. Uh, the Twins held their own. Uh, Tampa Bay obviously has some of the best pitching in the league. They're one of the two best teams, three best teams uh, in the league. And so being able to hold your own with them, even though you only won one game, I think it's a good sign for the playoffs and shows how the Twins are built, right? It, it really um shows that they can play to the level of their competition and then against the white Sox, they took care of business they had two 10-2 wins uh they lost the saturday game where pablo lopez just unexpectedly gave up five runs in the first inning and ran into a little bit of trouble in the second and was totally fine beyond that and then they won the last game 4-0 and so um again it pretty much the week went as you would expect it would have been nice to get a few more wins in the bank but as we stand right now the magic number is six because cleveland has been absolutely terrible uh there have been a lot of people around twins media social media that i think have had a lot of angst about oh when are the guardians going to turn it around guess what they were never going to turn it around they're not a good team they're jose ramirez and josh naylor and tanner bybee and that's pretty much it right so the i I think if you're looking at the big differences this year between the twins and the guardians and why the twins fell kind of into place in first place here and why the guardians just fell apart um i I think you can base it solely off of the depth that the twins worked so hard to build this season uh and in the off season especially right buxton has still had an injury plagued year he hasn't played in the outfield at all uh carlos correa has had the worst year of his career and the twins are going to comfortably win this division and be a playoff contender because of edward julian and royce lewis and matt walner and these players that over the course of several years have been built up. And then again, you look at the offseason additions to Michael A. Taylor, uh, Donovan Solano, Kyle Farmer, any of those players, great, excellent type of players. Absolutely not. But when you're running with those as your backup plans instead of 
guys like Jake Cave and Hilberto Celestino. You're just in so much of a better place. And I think that's been very evident this year where, um, you know, a guy like Willie Castro, I think is a great example of this as well, where he was a minor league signing, but he's exactly what you want uh from a minor league signing and he's come up and he's been you know not one of the twins best hitters by any stretch of the imagination but his base running his defensive versatility the fact that he's able to play really good defense at multiple positions has put the twins in a really good position to win and at the same time they've been able to withstand multiple injuries because he's not a regular in the everyday lineup but you get enough guys that are hurt uh day in and day out and guess what he's going to fill in at third base this day second base this day center field this day left field right field wherever you need him willie castro is going to be there and so i think this is a great example of exactly what the twins needed to do in the offseason how they did it would it have been nice to pick up another bullpen arm or two absolutely but um i i think Derek Falvey and Thad Levine rightly looked at the division and thought we can win this without giving up anything for the future. And that's essentially what they did. Um, So again, the magic number is six. Most likely on the podcast next week, the twins will have clinched the division. They have three against Cincinnati and three against the completely hapless Otani and Troutless Angels. And so uh, they they should take two out of three from LA. Cincinnati will be tough because Cincinnati is fighting for their playoff lives. And so those are going to be some hard contested playoff atmosphere type of games. But the good news is, is even if the Twins, you know, don't have that good of a week, they could still come in next week and, uh, you know, have the magic number be at one or have the division, division clinched. Because again, as, you know, bad as Cleveland has been, I think they've been worse than we could even expect. And so it's a good week to be a twins fan it's a good time to be a twins fan and i think the one other thing i want to say overall is that you know you're starting to see things like carlos correa getting back-to-back games off and oh alex kirloff isn't playing in back-to-backs right now or he'll play two and then he'll get two off or edward julian uh he's playing at first today well they're doing that because the games don't really matter at this point right they're going to win the division there's literally nothing that could happen from now i mean not statistically nothing but with how bad the Guardians have been, how good the Twins have been since the All-Star break, um, they have the division locked up. And so the only thing that matters is making sure guys are healthy, guys are in a good rhythm, and guys are ready to go uh, come October so that you're set up for the playoffs. And so uh, another good example of this was Bailey Ober was brought up to start the Friday game. Just push everybody back a day, let everybody get some rest. Bailey Ober will probably make another start or two down the stretch here. But you know, there's no reason for Pablo Lopez and Sonny Gray especially to be getting overworked at this point. Uh, and so I think you'll see those days built in, or maybe you have a day where it's like, hey, Pablo, we're, we're going to have you throw 80 pitches today, right? We don't need you to go 90, 100. You're going to throw 80 pitches. We're going to pull you after that because what we want for this you know, second to last start or last start before the playoffs is a tune-up. That's it, right? And so uh, be on the lookout for a few things like that as well. It doesn't mean anything's wrong, but uh, it's all about just setting things up for October. So as of today, the Twins have 12 games left. They have three against Cincinnati and three against LA this week, like we said, and then three at home against Oakland and three at Colorado. So they finish up with the last three series with three of the absolute worst teams in baseball. Uh, So if nothing else, it'll be a good maybe momentum builder heading into the playoffs. But the Twins are in a really, really good spot here. And yeah, it's an exciting time to be a Twins fan after you know a couple of disappointing years in 2021 and 2022, not being able to capitalize and make the playoffs. The Twins are back where they belong and frankly, back where they should be for the foreseeable future here. So it's been really cool to see. I'm really excited for some good competitive October baseball 
baseball. And I think Pablo Lopez single-handedly gives the Twins a good chance to finally break that playoff streak. And that's what I'm really excited about. Let's get into the games. We're not going to go as detailed as usual without John here to give you his uh, normal pitching breakdown that he likes to do. But game one against Tampa Bay, this was a 4-7 loss. Uh, If we're just taking, you know, big takeaways from this, I think the nice thing here was that the Twins were able to get some runs off of Tyler Glass now, right? The... uh, Tyler Glass now has been very hurt the last few years, the last three years, essentially. This year, he's been a little more healthy. He's gone back to form. When he is rolling, he's one of the best pitchers in baseball. And so far this year, he has been rolling. He's looked very much like his old pre-injury self, which has been uh, good to see for his perspective, bad to see from the Twins. Uh, So he was dealing, but the Twins were able to still get a couple home runs, get a few runs off of him, and put together a threat. Unfortunately, on the pitching side, uh, there just wasn't much here to do. Sonny Gray was okay but inefficient he only made it through four innings uh he threw 89 pitches this is one of those examples i was talking about well where it's like okay let's not push sunny let's make sure that he's set up for the playoffs and so we'll pull him here but the really bad thing here was uh dylan floro who came in and pitched one inning gave up three runs he he right now is probably on the outside looking in at a potential playoff bullpen spot, which is fine. Uh, and part of that is the guys that are potentially coming back. But Dylan Floro was brought in to be a mid-leverage reliever. I think he's disappointed a little bit in that role, but he hasn't been uh, a train wreck. Either way, Dylan Floro is only pitching for the Twins in a playoff game if they're up by a lot or down by a lot. And so that's not the end of the world. Uh, then the game was finished off there by Brent Hedrick and Josh Winder, neither of whom were great. But uh, basically, we're just in there to eat some innings and get them out of the game. On the offensive side, again, home runs by Kepler and uh, Royce Lewis, both off of Tyler Glass now, which was good to see um, them hit those guys that have seemingly dominated them in the past. Guys like Max Scherzer, Garrett Cole, who they haven't been able to take it, you know, really get a good string of hits together and put a threat together. And they didn't really hear, but still the homers are better if nothing else. Uh, Game two, they were facing former twin Zach Littell, who we've talked about on the pod before and seemingly just transformed into a real legitimate starter for the Rays, weirdly enough, like to the point where he might start a playoff game for them. Uh, So good for Littell. Again, another one where it's bad for the twins, but Littell was very, very sharp. He went seven innings. He struck out eight. Um, it's just another one of those excellent Rays pitching development stories that's uh, very just insane that the Rays are able to do this over and over and over again. On the mound for the Twins was Joe Ryan. He went 4.2, gave up five hits, two runs. He struck out seven. Another one where, you know, since he's been back, he's looked much better than he did before he went on the injured list, giving up home runs left and right. He gave up one in this game, not the end of the world, but he was only able to get through, you know, four and two thirds because he just wasn't very efficient, kind of like Sonny in the last game. The good news is Louis Varland in his new bullpen role has just been excellent. Here he finished out that fifth inning for Joe Ryan and threw two scoreless. He gave up one hit and that was it. Louis has been excellent out of the bullpen. His fastball is playing up at 9,900. Uh, and, you know, there's been a lot of talk about his cutter as well, which was a pretty bad pitch to start the year and has turned into a weapon. He's been tweaking it throughout the season. And now as a reliever, he's really seen it 
uh, turn into a good, good pitch here. Uh, Caleb Thielbar and Joan Duran were able to finish out the game. Duran has looked much better this week, looking back like his old self, putting together some clean innings, not giving up hits, runs, striking guys out. Just a very well-pitched game by the Twins here, even if uh, Joe Ryan wasn't as pretty as we would have liked to start it. On the offensive side, Edward Julian hit his 12th home run of the year, which was uh, great to see. He's been in a little bit of a hit rut and a uh, power rut, especially over the last month or so. He's been dealing with a hamstring injury. I'm sure that's part of it. Also, uh, you know, just pitchers adjusting to him, learning how to get him out a little bit better. Uh, the funny thing is, in that month-long stretch where he was hitting 170, he was getting on base at a 410 clip. And so this is exactly the type of hitter that Julian is, and he's exactly why you're comfortable trading away Luis Arise, right? He's uh, He doesn't have the contact skills of Luis Arise. Nobody does, but he gets on base at a better clip. He hits for power at a better clip, and he defends just as poorly as Luis Arise does. And hopefully the Twins hope he can stay healthy. But that's been one of the most exciting developments this year for the Twins is Edward Julian coming in and establishing himself, himself as a long-term piece at second base, at first base, at DH, wherever you're going to play him, that bat plays in the majors and plays very, very well. Um, there wasn't a lot to write home about here with a 3-2 win, but the Twins were able to get those two in the seventh uh, thanks to a Willie Castro home run. And so uh, Willie since he's been back, has been very, very good as well, provided a good boost. He's been stealing bases, and he's looking primed and ready for whatever role he has in the playoffs, whether that's off the bench or starting a few games. I'm very curious to see uh, what that lineup will look like, but I think we got a good sense of it here against the Rays. Game three against the Rays was a 4-5 loss. Uh, This one, ironically, I think was the Twins' best-played game of the series. They Fell down early 4-0. They got two back in the third, two back in the fourth, uh, tied it up at 4-4. And then uh, Griffin Jackson in there in the top of the ninth, gave up a home run, and the Twins were not able to answer in the bottom half of the inning. And so that was that. But Dallas Keuchel somehow, again, has been passable and not horrible, which has been good, I guess, just eating innings. Another one of those things where if Keuchel is on the playoff roster, I'll be very surprised. But for now, great, have him eat some innings and, you know, do what he needs to do. Um, the bullpen was really good. Even Jax, again, it was another thing where a uh, little bad luck on the home run. He hasn't been giving up home runs this year almost at all. That was only his fifth he gave up on this season. And so, you know, in, in a playoff game, you probably throw Duran out there. But, again, we're at the end here. We're in the home stretch. And so Duran had just pitched the previous game. Let's go Jax and let's uh, try to get him a little bit of work in. So that wrapped up that series again. 1-1, lost two, but I think played very well in two of the games. And so a really good sign for the playoffs. Against the White Sox, they took three of four. And honestly, there's not much to say here because the White Sox are just absolutely terrible. They can't pitch well. They can't hit well. In these first two games, you really saw the Twins take advantage of that. Uh, For the Twins in game one, it was Kenta Maeda on the mound. He went seven innings, struck out eight. They did let Kenta get up there in pitch count, throwing 105 pitches here. Uh, He's the last, I think, piece of the puzzle uh, for the playoffs is who's the game three starter? Is it going to be Joe Ryan? Is it going to be Kenta Maeda? If it is Joe Ryan, I think Kenta Maeda, as we've seen in the past, could be a very strong bullpen weapon. Uh, But a very good pitch game here by Kenta. Uh, Really nice to see him get back on track after a couple of tougher starts. Then Josh Winder and Brent Hedrick both finished it out, throwing a scoreless inning each. On the offensive side, scoring 10 runs, uh, it was... Another good homer game here. Julian hit his 13th. Royce Lewis hit his 13th. Kyle Farmer hit his 11th. And another game where 
They're able to string things together over and over again. For the White Sox on the mound, it was Jose Urania, who has uh, ERA over eight on this season. And so it's not like the Twins are doing this against Dylan Cease, who they did beat later in the week. But still, um, take advantage of the bad pitchers. Often, I feel like guys have had career days against the Twins over and over again. Guess what? It didn't happen in this series. Game two was another 10-2 win. Uh, on the mound for the Twins in this outing was Bailey Ober making his return after uh, being optioned to AAA mostly to get some rest and get back on track. He was strong, five innings, gave up five hits, struck out six, didn't walk anybody. We've talked about it before. That's the Bailey Ober game you want. You want him to uh, be efficient, strike guys out, don't walk guys. And he looked really, really good. Bailey Ober, uh, sorry, Louis Varlin then out of the pen threw another two, gave up one hit, struck out four. He's quickly rising up the bullpen rankings. I think long-term, the Twins still plan on him being a starter, but right now he is uh, one of their best relievers, frankly. And then this one was finished off then by Jax, who threw a scoreless inning, and uh, Cody Funderburg, who continues to pitch very, very well uh, since his call-up. On the offensive side, Royce Lewis hit his fourth grand slam of the season, his fifth of his career in only 65 games. He's on a ridiculous pace and there is a big amount of luck here. The fact that he is even playing uh, when there's the bases loaded. Uh, He's been in good positions, but he's come through over and over and over again. He's eighth all time for the twins in grand slams. And again, he has not even played a half season. It's just absolutely insane what he's been able to do. And you know, I think that uh, there's been even some better signs besides just the home runs and grand slams from Royce Lewis. Royce Lewis. He took three walks in this game. That was the big issue that John and I had with him earlier in the year before he got hurt was, um, you know, he was playing well. He was putting the ball in play, but he wasn't putting in the ball in play hard and he wasn't taking any walks. Well, since he's come back, it seems like every time he puts the ball in play, it's hard and he's taking walks. And if he's able to do those two things, this is why he's the number one overall pick, right? There's a lot of criticism for that, I think, especially with Hunter Green coming up and being relatively healthy and pitching very well. Well, this year, Hunter Green has not been healthy and hasn't pitched very well, while Royce Lewis has been, you know, moderately healthy and has been arguably the Twins' best hitter when he's been in there. And so, uh, again, just you got to shout out the rookies here. Julian and Lewis really leading the way, and Julian not in this game necessarily, but they've been uh, the complete center to the Twins' Uh, turn around in the second half. Another good sign here was Alex Kirilov, who went three for five. It was three singles, but two of them were put in play very sharply. And that's the big thing for AK is, you know, not just is he putting the ball in play because we know he's going to do that. He doesn't strike out all that much, but is he driving it with authority? Is he hitting sharp, sharp, sorry, is he hitting sharp singles? Is he hitting fly balls to the outfield that are well hit? Uh, That's the biggest sign for him with both the shoulder and the wrist that he's been dealing with for the last couple of years. And Uh, You know, it's been up and down, but I think you've seen some positive enough signs where come the playoffs, he'll be right in the middle of the order, which is great to see. Uh, Game three was the only loss in the series here for the Twins, and they made a comeback here at the end. It it was the Pablo Lopez gave up five in the first, was very solid the rest of the way. Uh, The White Sox were able to add two more in the seventh off of Josh Winder, who was mostly in there just to eat some innings after uh, a shorter start from Pablo. But Duran came into the ninth, again, pitched a perfect inning, was great. And the Twins came back and scored four in the eighth and one in the ninth. Just weren't quite able to get that last run uh, over the hump. But still, another one where it's like, well, the Twins are out of this, but, you know, it's the White Sox, whatever. You have the division on lock. But they were able to fight back. 
and didn't quite complete the comeback, but a really, really positive sign uh, in that game as well. And then the final game today was a 4-0 win. Uh, Dylan Cease was on the mound, who's kind of the last remaining player from this opening day rotation for the White Sox, who was supposed to be so solid, but uh, did not have his best stuff. He went six innings, gave up four hits, three runs. Three runs. He also walked three, only struck out five, which is not very many uh, for Dylan Cease. The good news is, the Twins were able to get those three runs on a three-run home run from Julian in the fifth inning. They added one more in the eighth on a solo shot from Polanco, and that was all that they needed because the pitching staff shut him down. Sonny Gray had a really good start, went seven innings, scattered five hits, struck out six. Another one where he went deep here, maybe a little bit surprisingly, thanks to uh, just being very efficient and being able to uh, not let things pile up like they sometimes tend to do for Sonny. He got through those seven and only 81 pitches, and... Um, I, I think you're looking at maybe game one starter for Sonny Gray. I don't know. I'll be interested to see which way they go, if it's Sonny or Pablo for game one. But either way, I think you can't go wrong. Then the game was closed down by Griffin Jackson, Emilio Pagan. Pagan running into a little bit of trouble, giving up a hit and a walk, but was able to get out of it. So that's the Twins week. Uh, a very good week, like I've been saying, all pod. And I'm really excited um, for this next week where they're going to get a little bit of playoff competition with uh, the Reds who are fighting for their lives in that very crowded NL wildcard race. The last thing I want to mention here before we wrap up is the injury updates. The Twins have all kinds of players working themselves back. Uh, let's start with the most important one, which is Byron Buxton. Byron Buxton, his uh, knee has not been responding very well to the treatment since he kind of re-aggravated it while uh, on a rehab assignment. Uh, he got a cortisone shot, which is basically basically a treatment for pain management at that point. And that's what they're trying to work on is can we get it to a point where Buxton can play at some level in the playoffs? I think maybe you're not looking at him being able to play in center field at this point. But, you know, if he's on the team as a pinch hitter, it's hard to imagine somebody better than that if he's looking like, you know, prime Byron Buxton, which is what we would hope. Uh, also on the list here, we have... Uh, the relievers that are all working their way back. Probably the next most important here is Josh, sorry, not Josh, Brock Stewart, Beef Stew himself, who made a rehab appearance at AAA. He threw an inning. His fastball was sitting at 97, which was great to see, especially with uh, the elbow injury. You're always worried about what's the velo going to look like when he comes back. But he uh, threw that one inning. He didn't give up any hits. He struck out two. It was really, really good to see from uh, beef stew. He is a guy that can completely change what the twins look like in the playoffs, right? We've talked a little bit about Brock Stewart. Uh, sorry, we've talked a little bit about Griffin Jackson who's been struggling. Duran has looked a lot better in recent weeks, but um, you know, you just don't want to overwork anybody. If Brock Stewart is looking like first half Brock Stewart, that is a complete game changer for your team. And somebody who can pitch the seventh inning, the eighth inning, the ninth inning, wherever you need that guy to be, he'll be ready. And so he's definitely the one I'm most excited about. If you combine that with Louis Varland looking really strong out of the bullpen, the bullpen situation is looking a lot better than it did at the trade deadline. I don't want to give Falvian Levine too much credit here because I still think even with those guys looking good, they could really use another addition. But um, you're in a much better spot and that's all you can ask for at this point. Some other guys working back, Jorge Alcala has started a rehab assignment as well. I'll be very curious to see if the Twins end up adding him because, again, he didn't look that good in the first place when he was pitching. Uh, the one, the other one who I think is more likely is Chris Paddock, who uh, was doing a 
rehab assignment single a fort myers he just moved up to double a wichita i imagine this week we'll see him uh in st paul start to spend a little bit more time around the team and you know as long as his body is responding well i would expect him to pitch for the twins this year and pitch on the playoff roster out of the bullpen um I think we hit everybody here. Jose Miranda had season-ending surgery. It wasn't expected he was going to play again this year, and even if he could, it was unlikely the Twins were going to have him on the playoff roster, but still. And then the last one uh, is Nick Gordon, who uh, is working his way back after shattering his shin on one of the most painful injuries I've seen in recent memory where it just hit right off his shin and it broke. Uh, So the fact that he's playing again this year I think is a really good sign, if nothing else, but I just don't know if he has a role on the team at this point. Willie Castro has kind of completely taken the um, utility man role because he fields better than Nick Gordon at pretty much every position. Plus, he's a switch hitter, so he can hit uh, both sides of the plate. And Nick Gordon was very, very bad uh, to start the season before he got hurt. So uh, there's also just the reality of having to make roster spots for everybody, not just... 28-man roster spots, but 40-man roster spots. Stewart, Paddock, they're on the 60-day IL. Nick Gordon's on the 60-day IL. If you want to bring those guys back, you have to take guys off of the roster. And there's some uh, things you could try here, right? Like Alberto Celestino doesn't seem like he's part of the long-term plans anymore, and he's out of options after this year, so he would be um, a good candidate to be removed. Uh, Andrew Stevenson could be taken off of the roster. Joey Gallo can still be DFA'd. And so you still have some options here. You know, there's guys like... Uh, Cole Sands that you can find some phantom injury for and put him on the 60-day IL. At this point, if you're going on the IL, it's for the rest of the season anyway. So there's a lot of maneuvering you can do to figure it out. But still, it's uh, it'll be interesting to see what they decide to do here. For no other reason, that might also be why they don't bring Nick Gordon back because they don't want to try to make a spot for him. Uh, as opposed to Stewart and Paddock, who you know the Twins need bullpen help. And so if they're healthy, if they're ready to go, they'll figure it out. Uh, the last one is Michael A. Taylor. He's expected to be back this week. Um, it was an injury that had been bothering him for a few weeks with that hamstring strain, and they figured just best to get him off his feet for a little bit leading up to the playoffs, get him healthy. Um, I'd expect him to be back in the lineup this week. He has 20 home runs, which is a career high. So, um, you know, he plays gold glove, caliber center field defense. Uh, he has a little bit of pop. He doesn't hit great, but he can also bunt. He can steal bases. And so uh, he's an important member for the Twins down the stretch here too. And as they're, again, leading in the playoffs and getting set up for everything. So those are all the injury updates. I think we're going to see a lot of guys coming back here soon. Paddock, uh, I think maybe not this week, but the week after. And then Brock Stewart, I think there's a good chance that he could this week just to get him into a few games and see what he looks like, see if he can pitch back-to-backs and try to figure it out. Either way, like I was saying at the top of the pod, it's an exciting time to be a Twins fan, and I don't want to take it for granted. And, you know, there's been a lot of frustration, a lot of... um, complaints about the team and how they've been so far this year but at the end of the day this is a playoff game they're going to host three playoff games that uh hopefully only two maybe three uh but this is a good twins team and i think you know it's easy to look back on the bomba squad and say oh man you know they won so many games they set an mlb record for home runs hit in a season how does if that team can't win a playoff game what team can and i'm here to tell you that this team can this team's pitching is so much better than that 2019 teams was to say nothing of 2020 which was even worse um i think they have more solid reliable offensive players they're not so uh reliant on the home run ball like they were in 19 and this year Again, having Pablo Lopez and Sonny Gray um, 
other than Jose Barrios, who, you know, kind of fell by the wayside by the time the Twins got to the playoffs, they have two starting pitchers who are better than, you know, anybody the Twins have had in a very long time, you know, potentially going back to Johan Santana. And so you have two of those guys and you need to win one of these two games to just break the streak and get it over with, let alone move on the playoffs. Uh, Whoever they end up playing, whether it's uh, Toronto, whether it's Houston, whether it's Seattle, whoever it goes with, the Twins are going to have an excellent shot here to win because of that pitching and because of how they look. Just thinking about putting it together, right? You get five or six out of Sonny or Pablo. You get one or two out of Louis Varland. And then you have Jack, Steelbar, Duran, Brock Stewart, if he's healthy. You mix and match those guys to whatever uh, matchups you think serve best. And, you know, you're in a very good position where you can give up two, three runs and get that win and get the thing done. And I think this year the Twins are finally going to do it. I'm calling my shot. They're going to win a playoff game. Not just that. I think they're going to advance because this is a good Twins team despite what you may feel, especially in the second half since the offense has come alive and been good and reliable. I, I Whoever they play, I think the Twins are going to be better off than them. They're playing at home. They have the pitching advantage. I'm really optimistic about how these guys are going to look in October. So that's the end. That's it. That's the pod. We'll keep it short and sweet this week. Uh, Thank you all for listening. Again, if you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. As we're coming into the playoffs here, we'd love if you would share it with uh, any friends you have that are Twins fans and want to follow along with the playoffs. I think as we're going here, we're going to do it a little bit more frequently. I don't know if it'll be both John and I or just one of us, but I think we're going to try to do something quick after each of the playoff games here. And so it's a good time to, uh, to listen and to follow along. So be sure to check us out as we're going here and we'll be back next week both of us together again and until then go twins